There's quite an incredible story of, of religion and dogma in that country, and there's clashes and there's wars and there's a deep, deep faith that is almost untouchable in, in so many people. And I had so much appreciation for that. And so I took little pieces of that. I took pieces of the Hinduism and the Jainism everywhere I went from the little temples. And, and um, I was diagnosed with a pretty progressive type of cancer, lymphoma. So it was in my lymphatic system, which is a risky one because it moves really quickly. So I was given a, a high risk diagnosis and pretty much people told me it was a death wish that I was, 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 traveled a lot right after I was diagnosed. I first went to the jungle and explored plant medicines and that was very powerful and opening. Um, and ultimately that's where I started to find my voice. I wouldn't say complete eradication, but, but a loosening of the fear of, of death, of being sick. Um, I was able to understand what sickness is. I was able to see myself in my light and that was so helpful in helping me stand up in myself and ultimately I think that's the greatest thing was standing up in myself, loving myself, uh, being true to myself, speaking my truths and ultimately singing which is now what I do pretty much for a living yeah. um, and before that I hadn't been singing at all. I was quite terrified of my own voice. My own voice. Welcome back to Infants on Thrones. I'm Glenn Ostland, and this is episode 600. And I'm sitting down and talking with a very new, very good, dear friend of mine, Sarah Emmett. Sarah is a professional singer. She's a cancer survivor. She's a world traveler. And you're going to get to know her a little bit today. We're going to have Sarah back again, hopefully many times. Um, and let's just get right to it because her music is beautiful, her story is beautiful, Sarah's just a beautiful person, and I am so privileged to be able to share this with you, my listeners of Infants on Thrones. So without any further ado. All right, Sarah. Sarah, thank you for coming on Infants on Thrones. I haven't really told you any, I haven't told you much about what Infants on Thrones is, have I? No, not really. When you when you hear this this uh, title, "Infants on Thrones," does it conjure up anything in your mind? Well, I've worked a lot with infants, and uh -huh. uh, it. I always think that they're my greatest teachers, my greatest gurus. So, Ooh. put them on a throne. I think is I think they are very worthy of being <laughs> of being appreciated as royalty because they are my greatest teachers. That's awesome! Wow, <laughs> non non rehearsed answer. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, it it we we got it actually. There was uh, the 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 Mormon uh, founder Joseph Smith gave a, a a lecture once called the King Follett Discourse, and he was talking. It was it was at a funeral, and so he was talking about like eternal life, and he went into the whole character and nature of God, and I mean some really interesting things that he talked about in there. But at one point, he looked down and he saw um, these these women in the congregation, and he said that. Uh, a lot of times women who lose their children in, you know, early in childbirth or in, um, at a really young age, they want to know, will they be able to be with their children again? Will they see them again? And so he said that there are many infants enthroned 
upon the heavens, you know, throughout the eternities and, you know, mothers, you will be able to be reunited with your children again and that sort of thing. So we, we thought it, that was a funny image of infants on thrones in, in the heavens. And, and for us, it, it just kind of meant, look, we, we know we're still figuring things out. You know, we don't, we don't have all the answers. We're still learning and growing. And the, the throne, I think that we think of as just this microphone and, and that we have some kind of a platform to speculate and think and just share what we're seeing and uh, at any point in our growing journey as we're moving from infants to whatever comes after that so so thank you for coming on infants on thrones my pleasure sarah um and i i've um i've had the privilege of of sitting with you and, and listening to you sing and singing with you a few times uh i i was first introduced to you i think it was back in august a, a mutual friend of ours Mm -hmm. um, and, and he said, you've got to hear uh, this song. And it, it's a, a version of a traditional Hawaiian Ho'oponopono song, which I'll, I'll play a clip of so people can have a sense of what the traditional song sounds like compared to what you wrote. I'm sorry, please forgive me. But he said, um, this, this singer, uh, she developed cancer and this song was part of her cure and then was cured from cancer. And it was just this miraculous story. The song itself is incredibly powerful. And, uh, I, I listened to it many times and there's, there's, um, different lyrics that, that stick out to me, uh, all the time. But so I, I, I wanted to bring you on. I wanted to hear your story. Um, and share that with with my listeners and and share your music with them because y your music is awesome and you're just beautiful in every 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 expression of who you are and what you do. So no pressure, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> and and just 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 one last thing, and then I'll turn it over to you, just so so that you know most most of the listeners that I have are people who were raised as a Mormon. Many of them still attend um, their their belief in God, their belief in the teachings of Mormonism are all over the place. I, I think most people probably don't believe it much anymore. If they do still attend church, it's because they're married to somebody who really believes it and they want to maintain the the marriage. Mm -hmm. um, but, but it's a lot of people who have been hurt by ideas of faith and God and maybe a little hesitant to to re-embrace with any kind of spirituality or any kind of faith. Um, so that's kind of the audience, I think, mainly that you're going to be talking to. Okay. So, great. so what's, what's your, what's your background, Sarah? Did you, did you grow up in any kind of a religion? You know, I, I feel very fortunate for the upbringing that I had that both of my parents came from very strict upbringings, religious upbringings. And by the time they had my sister and I, um, they had, somewhat renounced all of their their religious idea, ideas um, because they weren't sure of them anymore. They weren't mm -hmm. sure that they were working for them and their and their families. And so they kind of gave us the choice. Like, here's all your options. There's a lot of things you can believe in. There's a lot of systems of belief. You choose. <laughs> and I'm so grateful for that. I was lost for a long time, I must say, um, mm. especially when I was a teenager, going to church with my friends or synagogue or um, 
my dad was practicing Buddhism. So I went to a lot of Buddhist meetings and just searching, you know, for a place to find God. And ultimately what the beauty of all of it was is that it directed me back to myself. Hmm. Because when I went to all these places, I couldn't, I I had a really hard time finding God in a church or in a synagogue or in these Buddhist meetings. I found beauty. I found amazing people. I found community. And, um, and that was really valuable. And I still appreciate all of that. And I still attend certain meetings and, and religious gatherings just for that, just for the feeling. Um, Ultimately though, to, to find my spirituality with my own practices in my, in my bedroom with my, on my yoga mat and in my meditations and um, in my practices of self-love, that's where really where I put my, my uh if i could use the word religious <laughs> practices that's, yeah. that's what i would call them yeah yeah what what are what are some of those things what what are the things that you've done to find yourself i love i loved how you said that 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 all of that lost journeying through religion it just brought you back to yourself like what 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 does that mean to you and and how did you come to yourself yeah i i think one of the greatest ways i've learned to come to myself is through traveling um, I travel a lot and I have always been a seeker in that way, in the, in the physical way. Um, and what I love is, is meeting and exploring new cultures. So for example, I just came back from six months in India and there's um, quite an incredible story of, of religion and dogma in that country. And, um, and there's clashes and there's wars and there's, and there's, um, and there's a deep, deep faith that is almost untouchable in, in so many people. And I had so much appreciation for that. And so I took little pieces of that. I took pieces of the Hinduism and the Jainism and, um, you know, little everywhere I went from the little temples and, and, um, and love to see that. And then the same is true when I went to Mexico and I saw that there's like this rich um, Catholic foundation and then there's also the old ways the mayan practices Mm -hmm. and um and same when i went to south america and same when i was in asia all over it's like so i i like to say that my practices come from um a smattering of so many different practices and i just i kind of like the saying i i take what i want and i leave the rest i take Mm -hmm. what works for me and what works for me is is prayer I love prayer. I will always pray. And praying for me looks like um, gratitude. Looks like offering my gratitude to my life um, and, and the people around me. And, and it looks like sending good thoughts to, to those that perhaps need it. And it looks like um, envisioning a life that I want. That's prayer to me. Mm. And, and it looks like my meditation, it looks like silence. A lot of times that's my, one of my greatest practices is silence. And that's really where I have the opportunity to have conversations with the divine in whatever capacity that looks like. And, um, and movement as well. That's another great practice for me. Yoga, walking in nature. Nature is, is one of the greatest practices I have, the greatest relationships I should say that I have. Um, to connect with her is, is what brings me home so much to myself and to, to a greater power. Yeah. Um, with all that traveling that you've done, what, what are, what are some of the best experiences that you've had in, in uh, 
in these places. I, I've, I've traveled a lot too. I think probably my experiences were very different than yours because mine were tied to the company that I was working for. And so I just, I'd fly to this really cool place. I'd go from the airport to a hotel. I'd sit in meetings. I'd go back to the, the airport and I'd fly away. Every once in a while I'd get to go out um, and, and like, go, go, go to a temple. Like, like there, there are places in, in Tokyo that I just used to love when I, when I lived in Tokyo for a while and I could get out and just um, experience the people and the culture a little bit. What, what were your traveling experiences like? I must say one of my greatest memories is um, right after I was diagnosed, shortly after I was diagnosed, I, I had at that point said no to uh, the Western interventions that they were offering me. I was diagnosed with a pretty progressive type of cancer, lymphoma. So it was in my lymphatic system, um, which is a risky one because it moves really quickly. So I was given a, a high risk diagnosis. And so when I said no to the treatments, um, pretty much people told me it was a death wish that I was, that I was not going to live because of that choice that I made. And I, I, I knew inside this voice was telling me it's going to be okay. Trust it. Trust, trust that you know what to do. And what I knew what to do was to travel. Mm. It was to go somewhere and explore and see what other people are doing to heal themselves. That I knew that there's more than one way to heal oneself. And so I, um, I traveled a lot right after I was diagnosed. I first went to the jungle and explored plant medicines and that was very powerful and opening. Um, and ultimately that's where I started to find my voice. And then shortly after that, I went to Bali and I ended up living in Bali for about seven and a half months. Um, and I was living in an ashram and I was um, practicing this type of meditation that was called, it's called bioenergetic shaking meditation. So we were standing, we were shaking. Um, and that was such a powerful experience for me because I got to understand how, how to connect with my energy body mm. and and I and that's really where I first understood where disease comes from that mm. it doesn't come it doesn't just end up in the in the physical body it starts somewhere that's deeper than that which is the emotional body the spiritual body and the energetic body and so I began to to forge relationships with these other parts of myself that I hadn't fully met before and um and that was so it was almost easy to do in bali because everyone around me was doing it the balinese just live in this place it was so inspiring to see a whole culture of people who were led by energy they were in the flow you can see it in the way they drive mm. i mean it's incredible they're all on their scooters with five people and a bunch of groceries and dogs and and they're they're flying down these highways and not even following traffic laws and yet there's a flow yeah you know what i'm talking about i'm sure japan has something like that too well I, in, in in vietnam I, I was in vietnam for a few days in in hanoi and people on their bicycles i i, I just envisioned this in my head they're just going they're they're going through this intersection without any rhyme or reason but but they all uh manage it like nobody's crashing yeah. into anybody else they're yeah. just kind of like weaving in and out and like there, i remember there was a family of six on a on a bicycle all of them on a bicycle and one of them was carrying a bicycle on his back 
Yep. Like it, it was, it was, <laughs> I hadn't seen anything like, so, so yeah, that's what, that's why I smiled. I remembered my, my experience with that. Yeah. It's incredible. And, and what I learned from that is that it's a flow. Yeah. There's a river of life that is the energy of life. And when people are connected to their energy bodies, they know how to follow the flow. Mm-hmm. And so that is where I learned to connect to my energy body, which ultimately is how I really kickstarted my healing because I was no longer just focusing on the physical. I was no longer just focusing on the tumors and the symptoms that symptoms are basically the way I think of it is it's like, if you're going to treat symptoms, you're cutting the grass, you're using a lawnmower to cut the grass when we know that grass is going to grow back to really treat dis-ease is to, to pull the roots and find ease. And so for me, that was so much of what I was doing is going deep into the, these other bodies and connecting to them and realizing that, oh, this is where dis-ease comes from, is, is being out of balance in these places that I have not really had a conversation with yet. And so I learned how to do that in these other countries. That's really where I taught, I was learned that, I was taught that because I was looking around and everybody else was doing it. Not that they don't get sick in these other countries. There's other reasons, but it's, um, there's, there's a flow of life. And if we learn how to follow it, it creates ease. So, so can you talk more about these energy bodies? Because I, I can imagine my listening audience going, you know, like, okay, all right, I'm done listening to this stuff. Energy bodies. Fair enough. I, I've, I was raised with this kind of dualistic, you know, worldview, and I reject it because I'm an empirical scientist now. You know, that's not my entire audience, but there's a, there is that demographic. How, how would you explain what an energy body is to someone who's really skeptical of energy in the first place? It's a great question. So everything is energy. First mm-hmm. of all, we are made up of energy. Everything is made of energy. Energy is vibration. And there's no scientist in the world that can disagree with that. Yeah. Right. That's sure. we're talking about atoms, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're vibrating. Um, and that, that vibration creates energy. And so, yeah, it is energy. Yeah. It is energy. Yeah, yeah right. It is. And like even, everything, everything is energy. There's, even beneath the atoms, the energy that makes <laughs> right, up the right, atoms, right. and the okay, energy yeah. that makes up that, and that. Yeah. Go infi- infinitely into right. that, into right. that. And it's still science is backing it. Yeah. At least they are now. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if they always have been, but um, but it's uh, you can't deny this. Um, well, you can. Sure, you can deny it, but uh, but there's many many sources that are saying this is just truth. Mm-hmm. So to tap into the energy body is to tap into the subtle body. And by that, I mean our physical body, our physical being, our flesh and our bones is the most gross of energy. It's, it's heavy. It's, gravity is pulling it down. It's able to stay on the earth. To tap into the subtle body is to feel... is to feel, well, our feelings are in the subtle body, you know, like that's our, um, our, the idea that energy follows thought. So, okay. I'm thinking Eckhart Tolle has this amazing way of, of describing how to connect into, um, 
into a deeper sense of self. And he says to, to feel your hands and to really put all your focus into your hands. And you get to a point after doing this for several minutes, the hands start to tingle and you feel this, this um, very light vibration in the hands. And that is the energy body. That's the subtle body. That's what you're tapping into ultimately. Um, and so it's palpable. It's real. You can absolutely touch it with your, yeah. with your thoughts, with your energy, with your attention. Um, and, and it's like that with anything, just put your focus on something and you'll feel the layers of it, that we're not just this gross physical body, mm -hmm. gross as in heavy, right. <laughs> the opposite of light. Um, yeah. We are so much more than that, but it takes a certain awareness, a concentration to feel the layers of ourselves. And, and that's really what I'm saying is that the energy body is just another layer of ourselves, um, but it exists within us and around us. And, and it's what's creating this gross mass of right. it's sourcing our, us. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it is. So it's, it's sourcing us and it's sourcing those feelings and emotions and all of these things that we're experiencing. And, and so if, if I, if I understand what you're saying is, is trying to um, may, maybe turn down the noise that we're used to focusing on and, and focus on those things that are going on, those processes that are inside of our bodies even down to that energetic level, if you can even imagine to what that would feel like to be an oscillating atom with all of the billions of those things that we've got going on inside of us. Um, and, and, and really try to focus on what that might be and what that is. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Exactly. And so you, you saw the people in, in Bali kind of have that as more of a de facto worldview that, that, they accept this idea of energy and that they are flowing with energy and that it's like a, a river with all of its rapids and things. And there's boulders that come up that you bump up against, but it's just a flow and to kind of like let go and flow with it. Is, is that how they are? Yeah, that's how I perceived anyways. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, you know, everyone's fully in that, but so much more than in this country, I, mm -hmm. I notice yeah. people are, are relaxed into that more subtle place within themselves yeah. to be able yeah. to hear and listen and feel. So, so you, you got diagnosed and, and how old were you when you got diagnosed? I was 24. I had just gotten okay. out of college. Yeah. 24. And, um, and, and so your reaction instead of going chemo or whatever the, the Western medicine roots where you're like, no, I'm going to go, I'm going to travel. You went down to South America you mentioned plant medicines. That's fascinating. What, what was what was your experience like with the plant medicines? And, and where did, did you go to Peru? Or, or um, I started in Costa Rica, actually. Okay. Eventually, ended up in Ecuador. But um, uh, but I was working with a Peruvian woman who was incredibly knowledgeable about plants of all kinds. And yes, I'm talking about the psychedelic ones, but I'm also talking about you know herbalism, just. Mm -hmm basic plant support, the allies in the plant kingdom that help us get better. Mm -hmm. And so that was really when I started to get to know these plants and building relationships with them and finding that um, they're such amazing teachers and helpers. And so I felt like when I got, when I got to the plants, I felt like I had, I had support. Mm -hmm. And that was such a good feeling, feeling like, 
you know, there's a minute there where I felt totally alone when people had, had pretty much resigned to the fact that I was, you know, not going to live, you know, yeah. was, the people, people really kind of gave up on me. And I, I only had a few people who are really sure with what I was doing as I was. And, and the plants came in and just, I felt good. I felt supported. I felt like my health was supported. And then, and then with the deeper plants, with the, with the psychedelic plants, um, in, in sitting with those in ceremony and, and really coming with such reverence to these plants. I mean, um, just bowing before them and, and asking for their guidance. Um, I received so much guidance. I received, um, an incredible, I wouldn't say complete eradication, but, um, but a loosening of the fear of, mm. of death, of being sick. Um, I was able to understand what sickness is. I was able to see myself in my light. And that was so helpful in helping me stand up in myself. And ultimately, I think that's the greatest thing was standing up in myself, loving myself, uh, being true to myself, speaking my truths, and ultimately singing, which is now what I do pretty much for a living. Yeah. Um, and before that, I hadn't been singing at all. I was quite terrified of my own voice. Mm. And so the, the plants came in and said, you have to be singing. It's part of what you're meant to do. And, mm. and if you don't, this is not going to go well. So, <laughs> so step yeah. up and use your voice. This is what you're here for. Yeah. And so it was within those ceremonies that I started singing and, um, and broke loose a block that was keeping me sick ultimately. And, and that was one of the greatest tools that got me to wellness was singing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love that. And I, I, I love the, you know, like it's, it's easy to think of your, your parents and brothers and sisters and cousins and, you know, extended family is all being part of your family. And we, we know that whenever we, you know, when, when the push comes to shove, usually that's family that we turn to for, for support and love and guidance and, and teaching and that sort of thing. We don't, we don't typically think of family outside of our own species, <laughs> let alone outside of, of our own uh, genus or what, you know, whatever it is. To th but to think of plants as being distant cousins of yeah. ourselves, you know, which also we, we have common ancestors in, uh, you know, with, with the plants. And, and it, it, we're all life and life has evolved and taken all of these different branches to where there's what eight billion species of life on the planet, something like that. So, so to to have this experience where you you really feel that there is intelligence within this branch of life that is connected to me very 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 distantly in my past. Is there a way to communicate with that? Is there a way to learn from it? Not just from the observations that I have, I look at the plants, I think about it and I get some kind of insights that way. But if the plants could actually speak to you somehow yeah. and where, and you know, with, with that experience of, and, and that the ayahuasca is, is that the, the, the main psychedelic plant that you were talking about that you experienced or were there other psychedelics as well? Um, and psilocybin was the other one oh, okay. that was really helpful. That was the one that was really helpful for fear. That one really went in and explained how to loosen the fear from my body and um and and ultimately told me that the fear is is one of the greatest contributors to disease uh, so that, that's a huge thing to let go of that fear is to let go of 
sickness in a lot of ways. Yeah. And ju- just w- w- was, cause I know people will talk about having a bad trip or something like, like that. Um, is, is that for, for you confronting the fears and just kind of like working through, is that how the, the psilocybin taught you about fear? You know, I'm so fortunate. I have, I've never had a bad trip. Mm. Um, and I have sat in, I want to say hundreds of ceremonies at this Mm. point. And I have yet to, and probably, well, I don't want to say what could happen, but I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I just, I find that set and setting is everything. Mm. And I choose very wisely who and where I'm sitting with Mm -hmm. plant medicines and um, I choose, I, I consider the state that I'm in before I go into ceremony. I consider the people, the other people that are in the ceremony. I consider where it's taking place. And, and because of um, that, and also, you know, I think I'm just very fortunate. Um, I have always had incredible experiences. That's not to say that I haven't gone to some dark places mm-hmm. within myself. I have, yeah. but I see those as valuable. Right those dark places where I confront the fear and it's not the fear of the medicines. Um, I got over that after the first ceremony I had, of course I had fear of going into ceremony and with these big, big medicines. Um, but after the first ceremony, I, I learned like, Oh, they're my allies, they're friends. These are, I can trust this. Mm. Um, so then it was really just confronting the fear of, you know, my, my life fears, yeah. the fear of death, the fear of, of being disabled, the fear of being harmed, the fear of hurting, the fear of being alone, uh, the fear of being abandoned, these, these deep ones that I think are quite universal, that I think most of us as humans, when we really get down to the roots of, of what we have a hard time falling asleep at night, is these, these fears of, um, that, that come from that come from the moment we're born, the moment we're separated from yeah. source. And, yeah. um, and that, that great gap that is created from the second we leave the womb um, creates certain, certain fears, certain innate things that I think we all have in common. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I, I want to explore that with you more and maybe we'll, we'll, we'll do that another time. Cause I really want to get to your song. Um, <laughs> but before we do, um, so you're 24 years old, you get diagnosed with the cancer and at what point is the cancer gone? It took me two years, a little over two years. Um, I traveled for a long time. Um, and, and I, I met amazing healers and shamans and plants and, Um, I learned how to feed myself well. I learned how to exercise my body well. I learned how to communicate well and, um, and how powerful my words were and especially the ones I was saying to myself. And I I got all these tools for how to take care of myself through all of this. Ultimately, I found my happy, which Mm -hmm. I'm convinced that health and happiness are directly correlated. And so to be happy is to already have a foundation of health. And so much of my unhealth was coming from unhappiness, I believe. I still believe. So um, so I, I gathered all these things and then I came back to the States and, um, 
And there was this, there came to this point where I kind of just knew the same way I knew to say no to chemotherapy in the beginning. I knew that it was time for some Western intervention as well. That it was like, I had done all the spiritual work, all the energetic work. And there was still um, a little bit of cancer left in my body, which was amazing because it had reduced by probably 70% at that point. I was mm. pretty much on my way. The doctors were like, they were amazed that I was still alive, let alone that the cancer was reduced by that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then I just kind of knew like, yeah, I think, um, I think there's one less step in this. And so I went to a hospital and I did, I ended up doing chemotherapy, which is to me the most interesting part of the story because mm. at this point I had been standing up for alternative healthcare and, and um, alternative ways of healing and thinking that this is the right way and then there's a wrong way. And, the, right. and then of course, you know, <laughs> the great humbling powers come in and say, there is no right or wrong. Whatever you need to do to heal, you do. Yeah. And, um, and it, it just kind of slapped me in the face. It took all judgments out. It shattered my ego and ultimately created a bridge in my life, created a bridge between medicines, which is what I do today. I am, I practice Ayurveda, which is a, an Indian, um, ancient, ancient Indian medical system. And so I, I work with that as a healing tool. Um, but I work with people who are in, who are very integrated into Western medicine. So it's so important for me that I know both worlds very yeah. well. Um, and I do because I've experienced both worlds very well. So I have no, I have no bias against either because I, I know them. And it was during this, um, the, the time with, in chemotherapy where um, because I was humbled, I was on my knees just in awe of how life can shift so quickly without us having any idea that it's going to happen. Um, that's when I picked up a guitar. It was kind of this place where I had nothing to lose. And, um, and I wrote my first song when I was kind of at the bottom of the well. And that is the song that saved my life. And I got a scan maybe a few weeks after that and it was totally clean. And so today I'm cancer free. Um, and I'd like to say that there was nothing in particular that did that, it was everything I did that brought me to healing. It was every, every step of the way was so important in, in my healing. I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for every single thing I did. Um, and so, what, what, what's the title of that song, the first one that you wrote? <laughs> it's, um, the title of that song is called Sunrise. And um, there is a, a, a secret way to find it. I, <laughs> I have it on SoundCloud. Not many people know about it, um, but I did record it. And, and professionally recorded it, and so it's, I'm, I'm really proud of it. As gold spills over the ocean, the sun sails out to sea. The land slips to the arms of darkness. What if the sun never wakes from his blanket of the ocean and the earth takes? last breath A mother dies leaving her baby All he remembers is her sweet smell Have you kissed your mother lately? She gives life only with love And she gives and gives and gives And never asks 
nothing in return So each day when we wake We give thanks for this day of life Cause we never know when the sun won't rise And each day caught in the sway of who we were and we're meant to be in this place we thrive in this place we live life fall awake from your daydreams all you have is who you are reality is really what it may seem What if our fear of death was simply a mental illusion keeping us from living life Do you ever think that what you have been searching for has been inside you this whole time for these bones were carved of the dust from stars and the secrets of our ancestors and in the end we go back to where we began so each day when we wake we give thanks for this day of life cause we never know the sun won't rise And each day Caught in the sway Of who we were And we're meant to be In this place We thrive In this place We live life Cause we never know The sun won't rise. But I just, after I made the album, I kind of forgot about this, like, oh, this little, this little thing I recorded. So I have it out there. If people want to find me on SoundCloud, they can find this. Well, I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to play it here, too, because sure. I, I heard it this last weekend when we were together, yeah. and I, I, I had the privilege of witnessing you and your mom together as as you sang that and she's like oh i remember it and you said this this was you were my first audience for this song and you probably know this better than anybody else and yeah as it just just like sitting there and listening to that it's such a beautiful beautiful song and and so that that came um you said before the chemo after the chemo it was during, somewhere during, during. because i was yeah i was just like i said i had nothing to lose i was oh. just you know, at the bottom and totally shattered and broken open and, and so close to death. Um, not because of the cancer, because of the chemo. Yeah. And, um, and so it was like, you know what, I, I, I'm going to do what, what all these plant medicines have been telling me to do what all these teachers and gurus and shamans have been telling me to do. I just have to sing. Um, and so at that point I had, I just got over the fear. I just yeah. like jumped over the hurdle and wrote that song in like, two hours mm -hmm. <laughs> it was written it was it was it just came right through wrote itself and it was like 
one of the greatest reliefs I had ever felt in my life. Like yeah. I was holding all this tension in my body. And the second that song was written, I was able to let go. And that's awesome. And, and then, and then the cancer was gone and that was it. And so that I'm such a huge advocate for people singing and, and, and this is why it saved my life yeah. today because I sing. So I, um, I really love to hear other people's voices too, because it's such a powerful tool for healing ourselves. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to get that link so I can get that song and I can include that one too. Um, but in, in the, the, we've got maybe 10 or 15 minutes uh, before you have to go. So let's talk about the Ho'oponopono song and, and how, like, where did it come from? Why did you sing it? What's the story behind it? Um, as much as you're story. willing to share. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, my high school sweetheart, who I think we met when we were 14. Um, and we were together on and off for 16 years. Mm -hmm. He's uh, one of the deep loves of my life. And, um, and yet there was this knowing in our relationship that we just weren't meant to be together. And that is one of the most excruciating feelings I've ever known is to, is to have, is to be so deeply in love with someone and know that we can't be in union in the way that we wanted to be. And we were living together at the time and, um, and we decided to part ways. And as I was moving out, that song started coming and it started coming as um, I just started singing Ho'oponopono, which um, as you said earlier, Ho'oponopono is a ancient Hawaiian healing practice that is really, really powerful in, um, it's a salve for these relationship wounds that we may have and these untied ties and, and these ways in which, um, we may end things and they, and they may hurt or they may feel incomplete or maybe someone dies and we don't get to say what we needed to say. We don't get to make our amends. This is a way to make amends um, without having to have a conversation with that person again. It's how we make amends within ourselves. Mm. Um, and so that we can, we can die complete, you know? And, and so, so I was singing the Ho'oponopono, which in the words are, I'm sorry, well, the original words are, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And that quite, didn't quite resonate for me. So I heard another version and I, I started thinking that one, which is, I'm sorry, I forgive you. Thank you. I love you. And I was singing that over and over and over and over and over and over again. And then the song, the words started coming. And if you listen to the song, here's a little tidbit about it. The song is an evolution song. So you'll hear the beginning, and in the beginning, there's kind of this like, um, the first lines are, I knew it would end this way, two broken hearts on a rainy day. I knew it would end this way, two broken hearts on a rainy day, there isn't much left to say. We both know it's time for us to go our own ways Surrender to this moment There is no one to blame There is no right or wrong here Only lessons in love and pain 
did what we were meant to do I was me and you were you Finally ready to see this whole thing through I'm sorry I forgive you Ascended to you 
in abundance and wealth For I know that to love you I must first love myself This like, you can feel my pain when I when you hear the song. Like it's it's so it's so painful and it's so like sad and harrowing. And the first the first um, I wanted to say the first chapter, but the first verse, which is the first chapter, is is like that. It's it's so I'm so in my pain body about it. And then as you listen to the song, it starts to evolve into understanding. The relationship and understanding why we have to go our own ways and um and so we get to the second chapter the second verse and i start to talk about how how divine it is how perfect it is how we're both playing these these roles and it's and it's all just part of the divine play that you are you and i am me and we came together for this reason we had to give each other something and then and then we part and there's no blame nobody did anything wrong we're both just here to to share our company for this time until it's time to part and it is time to part now and so it's just a, a goodbye song but it's a healing a healing in that goodbye and um and so the the song when you listen to it you'll hear all the way to the last verse is um when we get to the last verse the the kicker the big line that usually gets everyone right in the heart is um love never goes away and and that when that when i finally got to that line in the song i understood that this isn't a goodbye this is a separation yes we're we're decoupling uncoupling um but that doesn't mean that I won't love you for the rest of my life. I don't have to stop loving you. I just have to go on my own path and you have to go on yours. Mm -hmm. To understand that is, that was a profound understanding for me in my life. Yeah. And it has changed and shaped all of my relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I really like the, 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 the little tweak that you made to the traditional Ho'oponopono, instead of please forgive me, mm -hmm. I forgive you. I, I like that because you're, you're taking responsibility for every piece of that four-part formula. Right. You know, and you're, you're not saying, oh, once you forgive me, then I will. You know, like putting right. it on the other person. It's like, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Um, the, the, the line that always jumps out to me, and this, this comes to me 
whether I'm listening to the song or not, is the thank you for the breaking, thank you for the pain. And then what does it say after that? It, 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 because of that, I was able to find myself again, yeah. something Without like that. Without you in my life, I would not be finding myself again. Yeah. So I filled myself with my very own love, you know, and, you know, like realizing that in order to love anybody else, you first have to love yourself. And that's such a powerful, I just, I, I absolutely love that. That, that message. Well, ultimately, it brings it brings us back to what I had said earlier that when we were talking about um, my religious background, that yeah. at, religiously I had to come back to myself to yeah. find to find truth. And it's the same story here that to, for me to be able to find the truth in this and and the salve and the and the beauty in this relationship, I had to come back to myself. I had to learn to love myself first to be able to truly settle and let it be healed and let go and yeah. move on with my life in a happy way so that I, I don't have to hold on to stuff. And that's it. I think that's the key to life really and healing is to, is to come back to ourselves over and over and over again and find our salvation in ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's, there's so many relationships that I've, I've personally been involved with that I've, I've seen people around me and, um, where you just get stuck in the stories of victimhood right. and pain. And, you know, I'm talking about myself here too. Um, my, my first marriage was 17 years and we had three kids together and we still can't get along. You know, it's, it's, it's just, and it, it, I, like I find myself um, still getting into times where it's like blaming. Well, if you would have been this way, I would have, you know, and, and recognizing, no, I've got, I've got to, knock that off. The best thing is to just be grateful to go, okay, because you put this resistance in my life, it really forced me into some uncomfortable feelings and emotions and situations. And I, I, my personality type, I usually avoid the discomfortable or, you know, the, the uncomfortable, the discomfort, um, and just want to do like fun things and create all kinds of distractions. So I don't have to feel that deep, pain that's inside. Um, but if I can get to that place where I'm grateful and I can say, thank you for the breaking and thank you for the pain. If I could really get to that place where I'm grateful for anything that comes into my life, then nobody has any power <laughs> to like piss me off or get me off of my, my stride or what, you know, what, what, whatever it is. Um, you know, I've, I've created that, uh, flexibility in my own, uh, worldview, my own, my own way of, of being and existing in, in the world, just kind of the going with the flow stuff that you've talked so much about that energy body. Um, so I'm really, I'm really, into, you know, I've, I've been gravitating more towards this um, direction a lot in the last few years. And, and I, I think especially coming out of the Mormon church, there's, there's so much anger that, mm. that it's in so much blame and, and so much, such a strong sense of I was lied to. I was lied to my entire life. Look at all of these lies. Um, and it just, it takes a while to, for, for the pain and the throbbing of that to, to settle down long enough for me to be able to sit in and go, okay, now what is this really about? What's really going on in here? And can I actually be grateful for all of those lies? Can I be grateful for all of those things? Um, so you're an inspiration to me, Sarah. Oh, so glad.
Yeah. So how can people, how can people reach out? And, and, I, and I do want to have you back on the podcast and talk about other songs that you've done and other stories, other things that you've learned. How can people reach out to you and get in touch with you if they'd like to? Yes, I, I, am, I always welcome contacts and questions and comments. Um, the best way to reach me is these days through my email. And um, I have, I'm launching a website right now. It's just not ready yet for my Ayurvedic practice and my music. Um, but for now, email is best. And do you just want to post it? Okay. Yeah, no, if, you, if, you, if you want to say it, you can say it. And then I'll also put it on the website. Um, yeah. So it's my last name, E-M-M-I-T-T-S-16 at gmail.com. And then if you would like to hear album, the, the Ho'oponopono song, um, a great way to listen to that is on Bandcamp. Um, and, and we go by the Emmett sisters, my sister and I made the album together. But you can find it anywhere, um, iTunes, Amazon, Google, any, anywhere you listen to music, we'll be able to find the album. So please check it out and, um, and let me know what you think. And, what's, the, what's the title of your album? The, the title of the album is called Moon Over Mountains. And mm. we're both, um, we were born and raised in the mountains right outside of Colorado, or right outside of Boulder in Colorado. So, um, so the, so you'll hear, you can hear the mountains in the album, I like to think. Um, <laughs> and we have a Facebook page as well, my sister and I, the Emmett sisters um, on Facebook. And you can like us and we'll let you know about our tour dates. <laughs> cool. All right. Th- thanks for coming on, Sarah. Like I said, I'd love to have you back. A- any, any final words, anything that, that comes to you that you want to share before we're gone for today? Yeah. Um, first of all, I'd love to be back. Thank you for yeah. having me today. Um, it's a privilege and honor. And um, yeah, I mean, if I can leave, if I can leave you with one thing, it's, it's that I so deeply believe in our power to heal ourselves. And I think that belief is, is that power. So, so to believe that we can heal ourselves, we're already most of the way there. Mm. <laughs> so hold on to that. And if, and if there's people out there who are struggling with their health or with their, somebody in their life that's struggling, um, one of the greatest things you can do is that. And just believe that, believe in your healing because it's, it's, it's up to you to empower yourself to heal. You can't put that power on a doctor. Um, it's, it's, your, it's your bodies that you have to take care of and, and your body follows the thoughts. So. So check out the thoughts. And if you're thinking, if you believe in your healing, then you have way more of a chance. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah. Thanks so much. I'm so, so happy I got to talk to you today. (laughs) Thank you for listening to today's episode. What did you think about what you heard today? Can you say thank you for the breaking and thank you for the pain? Do you think it's possible or that it would even be valuable to condition yourself to be grateful for even the most challenging experiences you encounter in life? If so, maybe I can help you. I've been developing some pretty good coaching skills, you know. If you'd like to explore this further and talk with me one-on-one, shoot me an email at infantsonthrones at gmail.com and let's schedule a time to talk free of charge because believe it or not, I really actually want to hear from you. So what are you waiting for? You listen to me on this podcast, let's have a real conversation. Email me today, infantsonthrones at gmail.com. And thanks again for listening to Infants on Thrones. Hi, this is Hillary. Matthew, Ryan, Carol, Dashley, and I like to play bingo online while listening to Infants on Thrones. You can comment on this episode on the website, 
infantsonthrones.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. I did. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer? Please forgive me. I love you. And I thank you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. And I thank you. Thank you for listening to Infants on Thrones. Infants on Thrones.